Citizen, Chapter 41 Once Tracy entertained the idea that Bob might be the one, a rapid series of events was set into motion. The first was Todd's Christmas party the following weekend. Moody's declining health subsumed most of Tracy's year. A few people knew that he had moved into his townhouse the previous January. Justin had heard Tracy had moved in with Todd, but he didn't know that Tracy had moved out and this created a circumstance worthy of any soap opera. When Justin called Todd to inquire about Tracy, Todd only informed Justin that Tracy wasn't there. Todd did say Tracy would be attending his Christmas party. So Todd invited Justin to his party, but didn't tell Tracy in order to surprise Tracy. Justin had called because he was coming to D.C. for a caucus, but he had also recently broken up with his partner of 14 years. Unbeknownst to Todd, Tracy planned to introduce Bob to some of his friends. On the night of the party, Tracy called to make sure it was okay if he brought a guest. Hey, Tracy, Todd said. You're coming, right? Of course I am, Tracy said. But I wanted to make sure it was cool if I brought someone. You know I have plenty of room. Is it Tory? But Todd got distracted. Move that over there. No, no, on the other side. And Todd came back. Sure, Tracy. I'll see you when you get here. And Todd hung up. What kind of party is this? Bob asked. It's a Todd party, Tracy said. You'll see. When they pulled up to Todd's house, the red carpet went from the front door to the driveway, and then down the sidewalk for guests arriving by chauffeur. Once inside, the serpentine revolving tree of live poinsettias captured guests' attention. The next eye-catcher was the two-story Christmas tree in the living room. But every room had a tree, including the garage, which was decorated with vintage matchbox cars. However, before all of that, Tracy and Bob went to sign the guest book, and Todd came over. Hey, Tracy, Todd said, and he looked at Bob. And this is... And Tracy thought a moment. This is my friend, Bob. Well, hey, Bob, Todd said. It's nice to meet you. Then Todd looked at Tracy and cocked his head a little before he whispered in Tracy's ear. I have a surprise for you. Oh, Tracy said loudly, and looked around. Where is it? Well, it will arrive shortly, Todd said. But I didn't realize you were bringing a date. Did you hire a stripper? Tracy asked coyly, although he really hoped Todd hadn't. You'll see, Todd said and walked off. Tracy! Sabrina yelled from the living room. Oh my gosh! I haven't seen you in forever! And she ran over and practically jumped into Tracy's arms. Hey, girl! Tracy said. I know. I've been busy this year. Sabrina stood back to look into Tracy's eyes. I am so sorry to hear about Moody, Sabrina said. 
I know that must have been rough on you. It was, Tracy said. But I'm here. Yes, you are, Sabrina said, and she looked at Bob. And this is Bob. We met a month ago. Hi, Bob, Sabrina said and smiled. It is very good to meet you. And they hugged. <laughs> Glad to meet you, too, Bob said. I've heard stories, but it's good to actually meet you. Sabrina laughed. <laughs> what did he say about me? Nothing too incriminating, Bob admitted. But it's clear you two go back a while, which is always a good thing. Then Sabrina's entourage of power lesbians decided the gay boys were monopolizing too much of her time. Before they succeeded luring Sabrina back, the doorbell rang, and no one answered it. Then it rang again. Why isn't Todd answering the door? Tracy asked. Sabrina shrugged. Then Todd sauntered over with a grin and looked at Tracy. It's for you, Todd said, and gestured toward his grand entrance. Is this my surprise? Tracy asked. My surprise can ring the doorbell. Todd just smirked before he was whisked away by the caterer for a food-related emergency. Tracy went to the door and wasn't sure whether the stripper would be a sailor, a cop, or a sexy black Santa. When Tracy opened the door, he saw Justin, caught his breath, and promptly closed the door. Tracy hadn't seen Justin since Vera died, and the disconnect was too much for him. What is going on, Lord? Tracy asked, but there was no answer. Tracy realized he shut the door on his past abruptly, so he reopened it. What are you doing here? Tracy asked. Justin smiled because he understood. I was in town for a meeting, Justin answered sheepishly. I called Todd to ask about you, and he told me about the party tonight. Oh, Tracy said, and then Justin laid more on the line. I also wanted to see you, and Justin leaned into Tracy, because I broke up with my partner. Oh, Tracy said, and thought of the awkward scene in Brokeback Mountain. Surprise! Todd yelled, running for Tracy. I see you got your present. Uh, do you want to introduce him to Bob? Todd asked with mischief. Sure, Tracy said, and came back to the situation with fresh eyes. Bob, Tracy called, and motioned for Bob, who was still with Sabrina. Come over here. I want you to meet someone. Bob came over, and Tracy made the introduction by the revolving poinsettias. Bob, Tracy said, this is Justin, the first guy I ever dated. And Tracy searched before he knew what to say. Justin, this is Bob. And Tracy smiled. My fiancé. What? Bob asked. Out of nowhere, Todd's cousin Dana came screaming on tiptoes. Did you say fiancé? Dana inquired, who was obviously the most fabulous gay man in the room.
because if you're about to be family, we need to know if we approve. What? Bob asked again, but his question was obviously of no importance. Come with me, Dana said, and grabbed Bob's hand to drag him to Todd's office. Did you just say fiancé? Bob asked. Yes, Tracy said, and Bob was surprised. Do you mean it? Bob asked. I think so, Tracy answered, which was good enough for all that was going on. Come, Dana demanded. You need to be interviewed. And he went down the hall, waving for Bob to follow. Bob looked at Tracy. Dana's a good friend, Tracy said. He really is Todd's cousin. I've known him for a long time, and he wants to get to know you because we're together. So Bob was fully vetted from college work experience to favorite color. Dana actually wrote things down once he found a pen and yellow-lined pad in Todd's desk. Later, Bob met Justin, and with Tracy, the three had a good talk away from the din of the party. As time went by, Bob saw why Tracy loved Justin. Justin's memories of Vera and Moody also enlightened Bob as to who they were in Tracy's life. The next to win over was Granny. Hello everyone, Tracy here. I hope you're enjoying my story. We'll let you know how to support this podcast later. But for now, the best thing you can do is follow us and share it with your friends and family. So if you like what you're hearing, please help us out by telling people about it. And thanks again. Christmas was on a Monday, so Bob and Tracy packed up the car before they headed for Christmas Eve service. Bob's church service started at 5, would be done and dusted by 6.30, and then they could head to West Virginia to surprise Granny. Before they went, Bob wanted to know what to get Granny for Christmas. Granny has everything she needs or wants, Tracy said. But what does she like? Bob asked. You really don't need to get her anything. She won't use it, and she won't like it if you go out and buy her something. I can't meet your grandmother for the first time empty-handed. Well, you've talked to her on the phone. Why don't you ask her? Then she'll know something's up, Bob decided. Then the plant in the corner caught Tracy's eye. Bob got a potted Norfolk Island pine for the dining room the week before. It came with silver glitter and a few ornaments, and Bob added white lights and red bows. Bob got it as a surprise and cooked dinner again. When Tracy came home from work, he was arrested again and got a tear in his eye. What's wrong? Bob asked. Nothing's wrong, Tracy said. It's just that you put up a Christmas tree. I, I'm sorry. I thought you would like it. And Bob came over, and they looked at the young green tree together. 
I haven't celebrated Christmas in this house before. And then Tracy was surprised at himself. And I haven't decorated for Christmas in years. And he looked at Bob. Hmm. My mom died right after Christmas. Oh, I didn't realize, Bob said, and thought he had been insensitive. No, it's okay. I just hadn't thought about it. I used to love Christmas. And Tracy smiled. Maybe it's time to change that. Or maybe I should stop bringing things over here if it always makes you cry, Bob said, because Tracy still hadn't explained the significance of his mom's needlepoint. A week later, Tracy looked at the little tree and got an idea. Granny does like her houseplants. She does? Bob asked. You'll see, Tracy said. She has them in front of her window in her living room. Is there a lot of light? Tracy looked at him because he didn't understand. In Granny's living room, is the light the same amount as here in the dining room? It's about the same, Tracy said. Done, Bob said. The next day, Bob repotted a peace lily in his studio because he knew it needed more light. Then, after Christmas Eve service, Tracy and Bob hit the road. They spent the night at a downtown Charleston hotel, and in the morning, Tracy gave Granny a call. Merry Christmas, Tracy said. Merry Christmas to you, Tracy, Granny said. You're up early. Granny, you know I'm always up early. So, what are you doing? I'm not rightly sure yet, Tracy. Are you dressed? And it was hard for Tracy to hide his excitement. Now, why do you want to know that? And Granny paused. But I'm not running around the house naked, if that's what you want to know. Well, I have a surprise coming for you, and I wanted to make sure. Tracy, I'm sitting here in my robe and slippers like I have for the last 50 years. Okay, Granny, Tracy said. Just keep an eye out and have a Merry Christmas. All right, Granny said. I'll be right here. The kids aren't coming till this afternoon. After they got dressed, Tracy took Bob on a driving tour of Charleston. He mentioned the cows as they headed around the curves of the highway, which followed the Kanawha River up to Rand. And there's a farm on the way to Granny's, Tracy said. It has these cows that are black, with a big white stripe in the middle. You have belted Galloways here? Bob asked. We called them Oreo cows growing up. I don't know what they're called, but we have them. But that's impossible. Bob said. We have them in Maine near our house, and the sign in the barn says they're the only farm in the U.S. that raises them. Well, you tell me, Tracy said, as they drove by the pasture full of belted Galloways. Yep, Bob said. Those are Oreo cows. Then Tracy and Bob realized both of their high school colors were blue and gold, and their mascot was the panther. They both played various brass instruments at basketball games in band, and both wore a banded collared shirt for their senior picture. 
As they meandered through Rand, Tracy pointed out his schools, the little church he went with Aunt Z, and the community center. Finally, they drove down Starling Drive to Granny's house. Bob stayed close behind Tracy as they went up the walk, even as Bob carried the large peace lily between them. Granny opened the front door as they got to it. I thought you might be doing this, Granny said. Tracy gave her a big hug. Then Granny stood back, and Tracy stepped aside to reveal Bob. And this must be Bob, Granny decided with an odd smile. With a plant. Granny looked at Bob Moore to study him, except the plant was in her way. This is for you, Bob said, but to Granny, that was obvious. Well, Tracy said, let's put this in the living room. And he grabbed the plant. Yeah, Trace, Granny said, just put it over there somewhere. And she pointed absently as she looked at Bob fully. Now, come on in here and give me a hug. Then, Bob spent the rest of the day meeting most of Tracy's run-in cousins. He met Marie, who lived down the street, and had a little boy and girl in elementary school. Demi had driven up from Charlotte with her boy and girl. Mia's three boys were there, although she was with her husband's family in Kentucky. So, kids from 3 to 18 arrived mid-afternoon with lots of funny stories about Granny. But most stories were about Moody, because it was the family's first Christmas without him. After opening presents, the group sat on the large sectional sofa until they spilled into the large space in front. They all had a memory, and everyone had a tear to shed about something Moody said or did that changed their life. Bob was also moved, because even though he was the only one in the room who wasn't family, he was completely welcomed and made to feel as familiar as Granny's furniture. How about the two-dollar bills? Tracy asked. It didn't matter what time of day or night or where you were. Moody could pull a two-dollar bill out of his pocket. Everybody talked at once about how many they had gotten in birthday cards or found hidden in a present they wouldn't find until they got home. Then Marie got a big grin on her face. Y'all know why Moody always had two-dollar bills, don't you? Marie asked. Everyone's expression went blank except Granny's, but she didn't say anything. No, why? Tracy asked, and Marie looked directly at Granny. Well, Moody told me you always thought it was the devil's money, Marie stated. So he kept buying the bank out of two-dollar bills "'Cause you wouldn't touch em. Granny looked forward as if she wasn't being addressed, but Marie continued with her indictment. And then, Moody said as time went by, and you saw all us kids were able to spend em, you wouldn't use em out of spite. That way, he could keep some cash on himself. <laughs> Everyone looked at Granny. Huh, was all Granny said, 
and the family laughed until it hurt. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you would like to purchase the book, Dual Citizen, it is available on Amazon. Be sure to search for Dual Citizen, The Connection. All three books, The Connection, The Training, and The Arrival, are available in print as well as on Kindle. Dual Citizen, The Connection, is also available on Audible. So, if you would like to skip ahead and see how everything turns out, feel free. But don't tell your friends the ending. Thanks again, and we hope everyone will find their place at the table.